ahead and stand with me one more time. And I'm looking at that clock back there, and that time is going away, and I've got 11 points tonight. And so anyway, I'm going to have to preach fast. You'll have to listen fast. Uh, but uh, I wanted to introduce to you uh, Brother and Mrs. Frank South. And the Souths got married uh, this weekend. And so anyway, uh, you see him put his arm around her. It's okay. They're married. <laughs> All right. So anyway, uh, you'll want to congratulate them uh, on that uh, decision there. All right. Acts chapter number one, please. Acts chapter number one. And we're going to read the first five verses, Acts chapter 1. And tonight, just for time's sake, I'm going to just read it and just follow along with me, if you would. Acts chapter 1, verse number 1. The former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up. After that, he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which, saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. We're looking at a series. We're in the series, second, uh, uh, second message in this series, 21st century uh, Christianity, our, our first century commitment versus 21st century Christianity. And when we think about what, the, uh, what there was in that first century and the commitment that was there, and then you look at uh, the, the condition of Christianity and believers today, uh, there are things that uh, we could go back and push a reset button. There are things that they had, they turned the world upside down. Think about that. Here, we're not talking about thousands, we're talking about 12. We have more than 12 here tonight. Now, at about five minutes to six, we only had about 12. And I was a little bit uh, apprehensive, what is going on? Where is everybody at tonight? Uh, but everybody slid in, so praise the Lord for that. But we're not talking about uh, uh, 75 or 100 people, we're talking about 12. And they turned the world upside down. They had something that we need. And so as believers, we have more now than they had. They didn't have the Bible. They had pieces of it. They had snippets of it. We have the whole, the whole Bible. Up to this point, they still have not received the gift of the indwelling Holy Spirit. We, we have been blessed beyond measure. We have tools to spread the gospel. I mean, printing, internet, phone, social media, streaming. We have so many tools. 
and we're not getting the job done. We need a revival. We need to push some reset buttons, and so tonight we're going to look at that. Uh, let's pray. Father, I pray Holy Spirit would be uh, would just work in our midst, and you would, uh, you would lead us and guide us and empower us. I pray, Father, that uh, you would uh, help us to be able to represent you the way you'd want us to. And so uh, work now in this, uh, these next few moments. Speak to hearts. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. You can be seated. Uh, I, as I look at the state of the church uh, and I look at 21st uh, century Christianity, am I encouraged? Yes, I am. I am encouraged. There are so many opportunities. But you asked me another day, am I discouraged? And I will also say yes. Because some things that we see, they are discouraging. Uh, am I challenged? Yes. I am challenged. There is, there, there is hope. The Lord has not left us down here to flounder. He has, he has not left us without hope. He has not left us in a dire situation where all we have to do is just try to hang on and survive. Uh, that's not the condition we're in. And we have been blessed in so many ways, and we want to be able to, uh, to represent the Lord uh, the way he deserves to be represented. Uh, but, uh, but here, when we look at this passage of Scripture, uh, and we look at our text tonight, look again at Acts chapter number uh, 1. He says, the former treaties have I made, O Theophilus. And so here, uh, Luke, the physician, uh, he is the author, uh, the penman, if you would, of the book of Acts. And he is saying, the former treaties have I written, uh, and he is referring to the gospel of Luke. And so uh, there isn't any real uh, clarity on who Theophilus was. Uh, there, it's a Gentile name. It literally means lover or friend of God. And so uh, some believe that Theophilus was a Roman ruler who had gotten saved. Others believe that he was an agnostic and, and, and Luke was trying to persuade him of Christ. Uh, but there isn't really much, uh, uh, much information about that. But I think with the name, it's a Gentile name and it means lover of God. You see how uh, first century and early Christianity when somebody would get saved, they would get a different name because they would be named after a pagan god and then they would change that name uh, to represent God. And so, uh, so we see uh, that happening and I believe that was the case here. I believe that this was a saved individual uh, and, uh, and Luke is uh, addressing this book uh, to him. Uh, so uh, he said, uh, the former treaties have I made. Uh, so uh, that what was that former treaty? It was, of course, uh, the gospel of Luke. So let's go and look at that uh, as we go. So let's go to Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Luke chapter 24. And look with me at verse number 44, Luke 24 and verse 44, and that clock is moving fast. Oh my goodness. 
Luke 24, verse 44, And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. So this is the Lord speaking. He has appeared unto them for 40 days. So we are post uh, we're after the, the resurrection. The Lord has appeared to them. This is part of that 40-day period of time. Uh, and he said, these, these are the words which he spake unto you while I was with you. In verse number 45, Then opened he their understanding that he might understand, that they might understand the scriptures, and said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things, and behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high." And he led them out as far as to Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass, while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. So the Lord has uh, appeared to them. Uh, in verse number 44, we see that he reminds them uh, of some things. He said, uh, uh, said, these are the words which I spoke unto you. He said, I was with you. I have already taught you these things, uh, how that, uh, he, the things that needed to be fulfilled uh, in the law and in the prophets and Psalms concerning Christ. So, uh, so he reminds them in verse 44, uh, in verse 45, he removes. He's removing scales so they can have understanding. And so in verse number 45 uh, uh, there, uh, the Bible says, Then he opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. Now, just because you know some scripture does not mean that you understand it all. Just because we're saved does not mean that we have a full understanding. Here, these are the followers of Christ. These are the apostles. These are spiritual leaders that are beyond any of us uh, in our understanding of God's word. And they still didn't understand, and he had to open their eyes. You know what? When you open up your Bible and you start to read your Bible, you need to, to ask the Lord to open your eyes. We need understanding. It's not good enough just to have uh, words uh, before us. We need that understanding, that spiritual truth. And, and the Lord is opening their understanding. So he reminds them. He removes the scales. He requires some things of them. Verse 46, and he said unto them, thus it is written, and, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to, ra- to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. So he's, he's requiring some things from them. He's requiring preaching. Amen. He's requiring uh, the preaching of a resurrected Savior. And Christ that is not resurrected is just a man. 
Uh, and there is no salvation if Christ did not raise from the dead. Uh, that, that resurrection uh, revealed to all that he, he was who he said he was, uh, he, fulfilling that. Uh, and so uh, preaching the resurrected Savior, repentance, and remission of sins. And so, uh, so he required that. He reemphasized the mission in verse 48, and ye are witnesses of these things. We all need reminders. We all need reminders. It hasn't been so long since the Lord's been gone, and yet he's already happened to reemphasize the mission. You know, when we get discouraged, when our heart gets broken, it's easy to lose, lose focus on mission. And here, when the Lord was crucified, these believers, they were heartbroken. Now the Lord's just pulling them back in. He's getting their attention so he can sort of point them the right direction and give them a push. And that's what, that's what he's doing tonight uh, in this passage, verse 49. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. So again, we have that, uh, that reference back to Jerusalem uh, and that uh, uh, they were going to be filled with the Holy Spirit in that. So this interaction with the Lord was vital in resetting and recommissioning these believers so they could fulfill the work of the Lord. Look at verse 50. Uh, we're going somewhere here. We'll get to the points in a minute. Uh, Luke chapter 24, verse 50. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass, while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God Amen. You know what has happened? These believers, their faith has been revived. Been revived. We talk about revival as though it's some mystical thing that we can't have. But the truth of the matter is, just in this short period of time, we see how these believers are revived. Their, their attitude is changing. Their direction has been reset. That mission that they had been given before is now one that they're ready to run with. And so uh, they, they have seen something. Their faith has been revived. Uh, they see his power uh, in the resurrection. They see his presence in their life. Uh, his purpose was reconveyed to them. And so now they're ready to re-enlist. You know what we need? We need a church full of people that are ready to re-enlist. Amen. We need people to not only re-enlist, we need some to enlist. You know, the, the work of the Lord, it's not done yet. The mission has not been completed. And you and I, got, we have a great opportunity to be able to partner with the Lord. Amen. 
Uh, what a blessing. And so now they're ready to relist. Verse 52, and they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. So, so now we have uh, Paul, or the, the, uh, uh, the writer Luke. He is, he is starting the book of Acts and he's talking about this former treaties. And now he is, he is coming into the book of Acts and he, is, he has, is building a bridge from the book of Luke, uh, the gospel of Luke, to the, the book of Acts. And he's tied the two together uh, by this, uh, his introductory words. So go back to Acts chapter uh, 1, verse 5. The former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus both uh, be, uh, began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up. After that, he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles. So we go back to chapter 24 of Luke, and there was that instruction. There was that guidance. You go to Matthew 28, and you have those commandments. Uh, what the Lord had done uh, in his earthly ministry, he had already equipped them with everything that they needed to accomplish uh, what they needed to do. And now in the book of Acts, we are going to see how now he is not only going to equip, now he is going to empower them to be able to accomplish that work. Uh, look at verse number four. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, again, going back to Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he you have, uh, which saith he, you have heard of me. And so uh, tonight we're going to look quickly, and I've got I've to really hasten, uh, but uh, we're going to look quickly at just some observations about these first century Christians of what they had and, uh, and in, their, uh, in their walk with the Lord. Here are these people, they are revived to serve. So uh, several things. Number one, they knew the Lord. They knew the Lord. They walked with him. They spent three and a half years with the Lord. They knew the Lord. That tells me if we have been saved for three and a half years, we can be a solid, faithful, mature Christian. How many of you have been saved longer than three and a half years? There's, there's no excuse for immaturity. I just lost you. But that's, that's the truth. The Lord is after three and a half years, he is handing off his ministry and he's going back to heaven. He's saying, okay, you've got it now. I've already given you what you need. I gave you the commandments. So that maturity, these individuals, they knew the Lord. You and I, we need to know the Lord. Now, we can't know the Lord outside the Bible. And just because we've been saved for years does not mean that we know the Lord. And just because we used to study the Word of God and read the Word of God and obey the Word of God, that doesn't help today. We got to get in the book. Amen? Amen or oh me, one of the two. Not a blank face. All right, uh, we we need to we need to recognize our uh, our need to know the Lord. So they knew the Lord. They followed the Lord in His life, and now even after His death, they are submitted to Him. So number one, they knew the Lord. Number two, they obeyed God's word. They obeyed God's word. You say, Pastor, how do we know they obeyed? 
They went from Bethany to where, where he left them, and they went to Jerusalem. They're in Jerusalem waiting. Why? Because the Lord told us to. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Didn't matter. Well, why? God doesn't owe us an answer. He doesn't owe us, owe us an explanation. You know, if the Lord tells us to do something, you and I are to do it. That's what these disciples did. They're just being obedient. They're following what the Lord said. So they knew the Lord. They obeyed God's word. Number three, they worshiped uh, in Luke 24, 52, and they worshiped him. They worshiped him. There is, there is an expectation that we as believers are going to worship the Lord. If we want our spirit to be revived, uh, then we need to be looking at the Savior. If we're just looking at our problems, we're just looking at our needs, uh, we're going to get discouraged. But we start getting our eyes up looking at uh, the, uh, our Father, our Heavenly Father, uh, then all of a sudden everything changes. Uh, he's worthy of my living for Him. He is worthy of my praise. He is worthy of my adoration and that's what that worship is uh, so number three they worship number four they had great joy they had great joy now I am concerned about so many of our people because I don't see joy he saw it's on the inside, it's just not come out. No. No, if it's on the inside, it is coming out. Joy. Nehemiah, the Bible says, the joy of the Lord is your what? Strength. It's our strength. And if we are just going through the motion, you know what's going to happen? We're going to burn out. We have got to have joy. And we will not have joy without worship. Come on now. If we're not going to worship, we're not going to have joy. We will have happiness as things happen to us. But happening, happenings, it's nice. But joy can be all the time. The Lord gives joy. So these individuals, these, 20, these first century Christians, these first century Christians, what did they have? They knew the Lord. They obeyed God's word. They worshiped. Uh, they had great joy. Number five, they were faithful to church. They were faithful to church. So uh, what do we find? Uh, we find that uh, they, uh, uh, let me go back to Acts chapter number uh, 1. Acts chapter 1, I lost my spot. Uh, Acts chapter 1. All right. Uh, let's see here. I just lost it. Maybe it was in 24. Uh, verse 4. There we go. Acts 1, 4. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, uh, which 
ye have heard of me. Uh, but uh, the Bible was told us, though, that uh, they assembled uh, in the temple. Uh, and so uh, these believers, they were, they were assembling. Let me, let me go farther down here. I think it, uh, let's see. Right. Verse number 14, these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplications with the women. Uh, nope, that wasn't it either. I am missing my verse here. Um, they went into the temple. Um, okay, now I can't find it, but it's there. All right, so I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to chase that back down there. Uh, they had great joy uh, in uh, uh, Luke 24:52. Uh, let me make sure that I'm not missing it on that side. All right, I'm sorry. Is it in 50? There we go. Verse 53, and uh, John or Luke 24:53, and we're continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, so they were continually in the temple. They were faithful uh, to church, to the temple, uh, the place of assembly. And we need to make sure that we are being faithful. That's where these people were at. Uh, you could see uh, what was accomplished. These people were faithful uh, to the assembling together. Hebrews 10, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. Uh, and so that assembly, it matters, and being in God's house. And so they were faithful to church. Number six, they praised and blessed God. They praised and blessed God. You know what that means? That just means that, that when they were not only just in their prayer praising God, because that would be in that worship side, uh, but, but they, just, they just praise the Lord when they're talking to people. I mean, it just comes out. God is good. Uh, I'll, I'll go down, I'll, I'll be at the uh, uh, sheriff's department, I'll be talking with somebody, and they'll tell me about something good going on, praise the Lord. And they just sort of look at me like, uh, what do I say now? And, uh, you know, because in my mind, something, all, all the blessings of life come from God. Whether they want to recognize it or not, I'm going to recognize it. And, and we just need to be praising and blessing the Lord. Uh, that Praise the Lord should be something that just comes off of the tip of our tongue so very easily. Praise the Lord. Bless the Lord. What uh, glory to God. That shouldn't be something that is hard for the believer to do. Uh, these were uh, people were praising and blessing God. Number seven, they were blessable. They were blessable. Pastor, that's not a word. I know. That's why it's in quotes. All right. But they were blessable. They put themselves in a place where God could bless them. You say, well, God, God could have blessed them other places. There are people that miss the blessings of God because they are not where they need to be. You think about Thomas. He was not in the Lord's house on that first Sunday night. He missed it. And not only did he miss seeing the Lord, the Lord blessed them in that first 
that first Sunday night service. Next Sunday night, he comes back and Thomas is there and he tells him, put your hands and uh, put, uh, put your finger in my hands and your fist in my side. But he did not bless them. Thomas missed it. Well, I'll just come next week. Doesn't mean you're going to get anything. You don't know what it is that God's going to do in your life. And they were in a position where they were blessable. They put themselves in a place to be blessed. And I want to, I don't want to miss anything. I don't want to miss anything. And I don't want you to miss anything. Uh, so they were blessable. Number eight, they prayed. They prayed. They prayed. Let me say that again. They prayed. Amen. They prayed. We, we have to spend time with the Lord. Not have to because it's a requirement. We, we, need, we need to spend time with the Lord. We get to spend time with the Lord. Absolutely. That opportunity is there. But if we're not, no wonder our spirit's messed up. No wonder we don't get anything at church. No wonder we walk around with a scowl on our face. Hello? Come on now. They, they prayed. Acts 1, 12 through 14. Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey. And when they were come in, they went into, up into an upper room where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew, Philip and Thomas and Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon Zelotes and Judas the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in what? prayer and supplication with the women and the and Mary the mother of Jesus and with his brethren prayer and supplication they prayed number 9 they were unified they were unified verse number 14 these all continued with one accord if you've got something against somebody else let it go Let it go. Let it go. One accord. Unity. You know, it just takes a little bit of disunity to spread. It's, it's amazing when somebody, when somebody gets a bad spirit over something, you can see it on the countenance. And then all of a sudden you find them with other people with bad countenances. Hello? Let me tell you, if somebody, if you are the person that everybody complains to, you're sending out the wrong signals. That's not because you're just empathetic. It's because you're a critic. Hello? Because they find each other. Been at this a long time. It's true. When somebody gets critical, they find the other critical people. 
Yep, amen. They were unified. Amen, unity. That's a good thing. Amen. Unity. Number 10, they were witnesses. They were witnesses. Acts 1.8, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Uh, there was this expectation back in Luke 24. Ye are witnesses of these things. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, uh, there was still that witnesses and you're going to be witnesses and there was going to be uh, a power uh, that was coming. Number 11, they were spirit filled. They were spirit filled. And we'll spend time on this one uh, next week. But these, these believers, they were spirit-filled. You know what we need? We need the Holy Spirit to empower us to do His work. How many of you have tried to do the Lord's work on your own? My hands are up. There are times where I know I'm all by myself. There's also a there's a difference when you know the Holy Spirit is working. That's what we need. This mission was not going to be accomplished just through the mere acts of mortal men. This mission had to be empowered. They were equipped, but they also needed to be empowered. And so here we look at first century commitment, 21st century Christians. And these things that they had, we need. We need. We need it this week. Amen. You've been, you've been saved for 20 years, you need this. You've been saved for two months, you need this. This is, this is what it's going to take. And so we can see some things that these believers had that we need. And I'm, my prayer is that all of us will have the ability to reach the world like they were reaching the world. God's placed us here in this community for a reason. For such a time as this. He knew when we were going to be here. And now it's our job to do what we can to share the goodness of God with this community. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Thank you for our people. Uh, thank you for your word and uh, just the power that's in it. And I pray all of us, myself included, Lord, that we would, uh, we would all take some things tonight and uh, apply them to our life. I pray the Spirit of God would uh, just work in our hearts. Help us to represent you well. Help us as we go back into our homes tonight uh, to go, go back over some of these thoughts. And may you just burn uh, a, an area that we need to work on down in our soul. Help us, uh, Lord, to be changed. So work now, please. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. All right.